Hi, and welcome to Bacon and Eggs. My name is Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. This is a new podcast we created to be entertainment for your morning commute. We have known each other for a little over 13 years at this point, and in that time, it's been a goal of ours to never stop being creative together. Unfortunately, that grew a little more difficult for us when we moved away. Podcasting seemed like our next logical step. We've kicked around ideas on what to do for years, and we finally settled on sticking to what we're good at. Since we met, we've been going to movies together, reading the same books, listening to the same music, and having in-depth conversations about all of it. We used to spend hours at the local bookstore behind the movie theater, going back and forth over the movie we just saw. Really getting down to the nitty-gritty of the content we take in. So our goal here is to bring all of that to all of you listening. It's going to be a little bit of review, a little bit of theory, and the occasional hot take. So thanks everyone for listening. And we promise this intro will just be a one-time thing. So without further ado, Tyler, what'd you think of Game of Thrones this week? Well, I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but I did watch the 2008 classic, The Incredible Hulk. Oh, The Incredible Hulk. That's the one with Eric Bana, right? No, it is not. That is just Hulk, which shockingly got very similar reviews to this film. Well, that's terrifying because I think I may have accidentally watched the wrong movie. Yeah, no, this was with Edward Norton. and Edward, uh, Edward Norton, Edward Norton. Liv- Hold on. The guy from The Illusionist, he was the Hulk? Yes, but I will say... I actually thought he was a good Hulk because I don't think he looks like a superhero. And I think that's the whole point of the Hulk thing is that, like, the guy is, you know, he's just a guy who's really good at science. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's Dr. Bruce Banner. Right. Now, you would think that, but he he does about three lines of dialogue in the whole film. So, um, like, maybe he's super smart, but he really just sleeps in... Uh, Latin American cities a lot. You know, that's really, really what he does. And that's a lot of the f- questionable nature of this movie for me, is the it, entire lack of that origin. Of what origin? Any origin. Well, there is an origin. I mean, you the opening credits. Oh my god, the opening credits. Let's, here, hold on. Before we really get into it, I don't want to just cinema sins this movie. Like, I could go through every scene and be like, why on earth are they doing that? Right. And... It's, we're not going like, to make it a secret here. This is not the most beloved Marvel movie. This is Especially actually sort of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Honestly, I think it comes within the Marvel Cinematic Universe at exactly the time it comes within our podcast. Right? Because it wasn't really sure if it was going to be a part of the whole thing. But they kind of had to do it. And then, like, all the continuity from that one to later on down the line... Say, it wasn't the there. It was not present. Did right. not it exist. Was, <laughs> what happened to Liv Tyler? Because we know she survived, but she's obviously not Scarlett Johansson in the later films. So I, uh, oh, and what happened to Edward Norton? But, but like even that, they just changed the the actor for the character. Liv Tyler's character is just just gone, gone completely yeah. gone. Does not exist in the future. No love interest after that. Anyway, so this film got a an unremarkable 67% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and a 71% from the audience, which is eh. Expected? I mean, like... You're never going to hate a superhero movie, but 71% for a superhero movie is DC bad. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. Like, going into it, when I first saw it, which I don't even remember when I first saw it, because I don't think I saw it in theaters. I did not. I saw it several years later on some one of those Encore channels. Right. So when I first saw it, I think I was like, this is not as good as Iron Man. And, well, and but, it you know, it's just it's wasn't like, advertised. Right. Because, I mean, right. it came out a month after Iron Man. Not, not even a month after Iron Man. And we saw Iron Man in theaters together, like, more than one time. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain that we did. But yeah, so it starts it starts off, and you've got the opening credits, which like starts the whole theme of the oh movie. Oh my god! And that this, this credit of, scene. Oh, it's so bad. I do need to cinema sense this. This is the worst thing I think that's ever happened. <laughs> oh my god! It like not only do you have to read a lot of science terms extremely fast, but you also don't know what's going to be like an important plot point and sound editor for the film. That's the thing is because like, it's all uh, important because it's the entire origin story in right. what forty five seconds a right. minute. And it, uh, of just and it, montage. It's montage, and it's like, but like, uh, did you notice that, that when it comes up on the screen and it's like, uh, what, what, what do they say? There was a line they used specifically. Oh, it said green Sasquatch. Green Sasquatch in, in like a newspaper, but then like right below that in the newspaper, it was like, uh, John Smith, audio editor for Incredible Hulk. Yeah. yeah like, no like idea. the font wasn't even different between the two things. No idea. Didn't super super confusing and it takes like 30 minutes for him to be named in the movie for anybody to be named yeah i don't i i, I don't know what Liv tyler's character's name was her name is i, I literally her name is betty just, ross just and for it, some i don't think it's ever said i think it is only written just for some well there's very few words said in the whole movie i think when they got the script they were like oh this is like six pages long we could yeah i can do this and that's why edward norton signed on uh well hang on a second as long as we're talking about trivia behind the script of the movie, it was actually mostly written by Edward Norton. Hmm, he did, did not know that. He did extensive rewrites during filming. That's as, interesting because as he's he known to do, that's a very it. common Edward Norton thing. Edward, yes, I did know that about. He him, is Edward notoriously Norton. difficult to work with. Yes, I believe that. I believe working with Edward Norton will, in the future, be like working with Michael Keaton is now. And I only imagine that Michael Keaton is hard to work with because of Birdman. I mean, I just can't imagine the two of them together on Sky. I feel bad for like Jonah Hill. Why? Just for having to deal with that. I'm confused. Just what happened to, with Jonah Hill? Just to have to deal with those guys. Was he not in that movie? When, oh wait, was Edward Norton in Birdman? Edward was Norton was real? in Birdman. Yeah, he was the. You're absolutely right. He was. He was like yep. antagonist. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I almost forgot that. I honestly, that's such a. It's it's definitely in my top twenty favorite movies of all time. But I think I can only experience it so many times in this life, and I'm I've only done it once so far. So I'm saving my future experiences of Birdman for much later times in my life. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that much later. Probably not. I, It'll probably I give us end up four months podcast. before we put it right, on this podcast. We're like, you know what I mean? We're talking Michael Keaton films. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it seven times. Seven times. That I've seems seen it like you're seven times. You're emptying your tank. I'm not. <laughs> I never get tired of it. But this is not the movie we're here to discuss today. No, we're not. We are discussing a much different Edward Norton movie. Sadly, this is how unaware of the characters' names are in the film. Is like what? Whenever we do this, I of course have the IMDb page open so that I can you know, reference all the characters' names just because I'm so bad at it. I was looking at Tim Roth's character Emil Blonsky, and I th- I thought the actor's name was Emil Blonsky playing Tim Roth. Oh, really? Because Emil Blonsky, I think, is the only person that is named over and over and over and over again. And it was actually because they say his name so much that I was like, oh, no, wait a minute. That's definitely the character. Because cause I remember them saying it and be like, he's like a super soldier named Blonsky, like a surfer name. But because um, Blonsky to me sounds like, hey, what's up, Blonsky? You know what I'm saying? I think he's like Eastern European. I, you're absolutely right. He's Eastern European. They actually They actually give that tidbit of background about him in fact that's all he's yeah, but he is him. the he gets the most extensive origin story of any character in the movie yeah yeah he absolutely does um, anyway so we get we get past this let's get we're, we're on our synopsis correct we get past this questionable 
opening credit sequence, which gives you the whole background on Bruce Banner and the Hulk and the love interest and the angry military colonel. And you wake up and he's in, what, Rio de Janeiro, I think. It's it's not Rio de Janeiro. He wakes up in, in some big Brazilian city. And actually, real quick on this, I mean, I have issues with the fact that it was in Brazil because, like, most people who speak two languages in America also speak Spanish. And this could have very easily been done in a Spanish-speaking country. But, because uh, I think, you know, if you're just making a movie and you want people to understand it right away, I think you should, and you have to use a different language, I think you should always do English and Spanish. Well, I, I think uh-huh. that it was part of his struggle was that he didn't know Portuguese at all. You could see him learning Portuguese. And he says that line, like, don't make me hungry. You know, I'm only, you don't like me when I'm hungry. And the guy's just really right. confused. And I think that specific, I thought that was funny. I actually, in my notes, it says, you won't like me when I'm hungry, comma, LOL. Um, yeah, I had I the same thing hung- written. I said, don't make me hungry. <laughs> I lulled. <laughs> I did love, but I think hungry and angry sounds similar in English. I don't know if they sound similar in Portuguese, so I don't know if that was, like, the best comparison to make. But I will say I'm happy they did it in Brazil because that means they got to do, I guess at the time they didn't have drones, so a helicopter shot of just endless houses upon houses upon Which houses upon houses. I think it's a very strange place for the Hulk to go. Picture yourself. You're the Hulk. If you if your heart rate goes above 200, you turn into a giant monster, okay? Well, what? Well, that's... Like, that he does the same thing. This actually, I think, is good continuity because they do the same thing where uh, yeah, he ends Mark up in, Ruffalo's in He ends in up in India. Calcutta. Yeah, India. But I just think it's strange. I, I didn't get it then. I don't get it now. I, I don't get it in, in the Avengers. It, like, go to Alaska. Go to well, he, Samoa. Someplace go, where you're, you're not going to be surrounded by thousands of people living on top of you. But I think that's the point is that he needs to train his body to be, like, able to live in this environment so that in the event that he, you know, has to reintegrate with normal society, he can do so with relatively low stress. Right, but there's nothing and, normal about the society of a large Brazilian city. Correct. That's that's what I'm like, saying. That is, is that known he does have to go worldwide back. as being just an insane situation. Right, so when he does have to go back and live in, like... Missoula, Montana, or apparently Blacksburg, Virginia, um, you know, he would have a much easier time integrating so that when he does deal with high stress situations with like a circle of friends, he is better at maintaining that. But I I mean, that's, that's my two cents on that. And I actually make a note. I'm not in love with the choice of him to go to Brazil because I think more people would understand. But then I said, but he's a grown man and I'm sure there's a reason for that decision. So I'm just going to roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man and then you get you get the, the very stereotypical trope of like you have to learn to fight to be calm and I'm, it's five minutes in the movie like don't beat me over the head with that yet you right know? and i also don't think like like up to this point in marvel cinematic universe the need to fight has not been imperative for our heroes no like no not at all like which of course the only other one we have is tony but like i mean he doesn't really need to know how to fight and neither should the hulk like i mean the hulk beats crap to death and you know does his hulk thing and goes nuts and doesn't really need to know like kung fu or really any sort of like tactical approach to it anyway so you see him working on this i think it's jujitsu i believe is what it was named later i've read the trivia or something like that of some famous jujitsu master that was teaching him so he he learns jujitsu to keep himself controlled and he learns to breathe and everything and you see him working in this brazilian soda factory and i literally have a note written that says what on earth could be more frustrating than working in a soda factory i don't know i mean why would that be frustrating i just i feel like I feel like that would be, it's got to be a, you know, a billion degrees in there. There's a bunch of people you're surrounded by that, that do, you don't even speak their language and they're always talking and yelling and there's lots of noise and there's clinking bottles and like, I don't know. I just feel like this dude is doing a very bad job of avoiding a stressful situation. I think, again, that like we see when he's doing the jujitsu thing that he's training himself to lower his heart rate when he needs to. And, you know, he's 
because he's trying to live with this disease that he sees it as. Right. Which also I think is like so frustrating. Like I get Bruce Banner, you don't want to be the Hulk because Liv Tyler doesn't love you anymore, but she does. So like he doesn't want to be the Hulk because he can't control himself and he just murders people. Okay, but I have a note written later on in these notes that just says this shouldn't be called the Incredible Hulk. It should be called the Incredibly Controllable Hulk. (laughs) He doesn't seem to have very much trouble. Like oh my gosh, there's Liv Tyler. I should stop being crazy for a second. Anyway. You know, the, which I was the opposite of how I would react right. if I met Liv Tyler. <laughs> and I, I get the soda factor. I understand it because it's literally a plot device because the blood has to go in the soda and it has to get to the America so they can they can track him and everything like that. And it's, it's a plot device. But I do have a note written here that says, holy crap, his blood has good aim. Yeah, his blood definitely does have good aim. Now, granted, it was a shotgun kind of shot. It was a two pellet shot. True. Um, yeah, his, his blood just like falls through all the grates and everything. And then goes into the bottle, and yeah, I, yeah fun, it's incredibly good aim. Fun fact about that scene, they were working on that animation of making the blood drop down through the thing into the soda bottle for a year in post-production. That's insane. One year. That's weird, because you never even see it hit the bottle. No. No, you don't. And that, but that's always there's every time a movie has special effects like that, there's always something that they always talk about takes way too long. Yeah, always every I, time. Well, I guess there's no like motion capture with that. Like it's just all CG. You know what I'm saying? Right, but it doesn't seem like it would take a year, a couple months maybe, because that's somebody's job at that point. It's like your job right. on this movie is to animate that one scene. Congratulations. Here's a desk. Right. It just right. doesn't oh, seem absolutely. like it can possibly take that long. But I, I'm clearly wrong because it did. So I, what do I know about CGI? Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know anything about CGI or editing CGI. I think we're going to get to the wrong end of this conversation real quick. But, I, you know, what's order? Um, this is the Incredible Chaos the Hulk of Incredible Control. Uh, what did you think? You know, you and I are both big fans of the film Cloverfield, correct? Yeah. On Cloverfield, one thing they did super well was they don't let you see the monsters so that the monster seems more like menacing and crazy. And of yeah. course, there's like a couple side shots yeah. and everything. Um, this film, The Incredible Hulk, in an era of like, we can make motion capture and CG anything. And this is a character you know what looks like. Uh, the, uh, you really don't see what he looks like until like over halfway through the film. What are your thoughts on it? I I do. I think that's that's very interesting that they chose that way. In the, but I mean, I, I think that that's playing on on Banner's kind of shame about being the Hulk. Mm, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like they he he doesn't want to be seen. He's hiding. And it just that was that was the because Cloverfield came out either shortly before or shortly after this, mm-hmm. I, if I'm remembering correctly, which I think I am. But it, it's that was the thing of the day. That was what movies looked like at that point in time. Really? Because I'm pretty sure at the end of Iron Man, he just says, "I am Iron Man." Right, but Iron Man's not uh, in any frame of reference like a monster movie. That's true. That's true. But I don't think this needed to be a monster movie. I think it could have been like a very cool. Rock'em, sock'em, well, no, and I have, which... I have very, you know, strong opinions about this and the fact that it doesn't fit with the rest of the series at all because of that. Because it's not a superhero movie because they try to make it a monster movie. Right, right. However, there, on, on this topic of the topic of Cloverfield, there's one great shot when you first see the abomination for what it is, like after he busts out of the building. And they mm-hmm. they show like a side shot of him walking the other direction and like the the soldiers walk up and they got the guns they're looking through the window and then they you know one of them gets like taken off and they're like oh wow it's behind us and that scene was just so i was i literally was sitting there watching going this looks like cloverfield exactly i was i thought about cloverfield more than once during this movie and there's no way it could have been inspired by but i think that just the time period is what pushed it to be this way because they did both come in out in 2008 well that's it was it 2008 
Yep. Well, and the, and there was a, just a bunch of movies at that time. Like, when, when did Super 8 come out? Oh, way later. Was it way later? Yeah. I mean, that was, I think it's so. 2011. Yeah. So, I mean, that was three years. Yeah, but I mean. I thought it was more recent than that. But. It's a similar, you know, kind of thing. All these, these, these big, high-budget, high-dollar monster movies, things like that were coming out at this time. Right. And, like, Cloverfield was definitely, like, a hit. So, people clearly enjoyed that. Right. Right. Um, okay. So moving moving on with the story, we you know he's in the he's in the soda factory. There's like the other love interest who doesn't get a name, but gets a couple scenes. And like a, she has a name, I don't know what it is, but she was named. Oh, she has like a scene where she's half naked and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's Martina. Allegedly, they say that. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, well, not we're not very good that. at naming people in this movie or giving any kind of background, any kind of. You know, did you know that the general is named Thunderbolt and he's like a common Marvel character? Uh, I did not. He does appear later on, though. He does. Yeah, he's in Civil War. I didn't realize yep. that. He is in Civil War, same actor and everything. As Thunderbolt. Yep, as General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Hmm. Which I, that's I mean, news to me. you know, like as soon as they said his name, I was like, oh, that's who that is. I recognized the name as you know Marvel character, but I didn't know who he was at all. I had no idea. Right. But yeah, so he's you know they're they're chasing him down for for not really any particular reason. They bring in this, you know, SAS, special ops, black ops, Eastern European, Blonsky dude. Wait, 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 before we get to that, before we get to their chasing them down, we first meet Mr. Green and Mr. Blue, uh, which I remember when I first saw this movie being like, I, th- I thought for sure Mr. Blue was Liv Tyler. Like, there's no way it could be anybody else. And he is sending everything back and she is working like double agent status to fix him. And like, this just a great, great plot device, like set up wonderfully. Oh, see, I never and thought that. I never thought they would be that good with it. He's got like, like the picture of her right there. Right, that, but like, that's why is I think the picture is if you had the picture of her, I, I and it was her. I don't think he would have the picture. I don't think they would have focused on the picture like that. I saw but the instead, picture. I saw the picture very much as a as he's doing it for her and not with her. I think he's doing it for her and what he's like sharing with her. They could have made him appear to be dead or whatever. Yeah. And like what he's sharing with her is like you know I have this gamma radiation sickness and I need your help and because she's such the compassionate person that she is she's helping this like mystery online Mr. Green and you know like I thought I thought for sure that's what it was and even rewatching it I was like I feel like it's Liv Tyler but I know that it is an unimportant character that I'm disappointed by later in this movie. And oh, but it's did the you guy have... from A Brother Where Art Thou. It's, I, I mean, exactly. It's Tim Blake, it's, it's Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. I love that guy. Tim Blake Nelson. There. As... We thought you were a toad. I know, right? <laughs> and I mean, he kind of is. You know? But, like, wh- why is this man included in this no, movie? No, no. Hang on. At if all. we're talking about why is this man included in this movie, why is Ty Burrell included in this movie? Why is Ty Burrell in this movie? I have a note written here that says, what is Ty Burrell doing here? <laughs> Why is he in this? He's, I what is his character's name? It, Samson. Dr. Leonard Samson. 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 And yes. he has probably as many lines as Ed Norton, but much less screen time and many fewer scenes sleeping in Latin American villages. <laughs> Correct. Anyway, so, yeah, he, he we meet the other love interest that goes away very quickly and is not relevant. Uh, we meet the... Like, the Mexican, not Mexican, Brazilian gangster guy who is also very quickly not relevant. And right. then the military comes and tracks him down. They found him because he infected Stan Lee with gamma sickness. And oh, 
do, oh, there, here's a here's a good theory opportunity if we're drawing from our intro. Uh, do you think Stan Lee is the character that he becomes in the comics, which I think, oh gosh, please don't everybody get mad at me, is the Watcher. And that is how he's able to make cameos in so many different like character roles in all of these films without, like, I, I get that they're cameos and like, I think at this point it was probably still just like, oh, it's Stan Lee, whatever. But like, do you think the Watcher is like the, the god of Marvel and he can see all and is all knowing and that's how come he's always popping up in areas where all of the the heroes are do you think i mean i think they've left it open enough that it can be that if if it needs to be if you if you want it to right be. like i think that it is one of those harmless things where it's like yep just go for it if it makes you happy think that if it doesn't don't worry about it. I think I think he is, and that's why he's in all the different universes that come out on on film and everything. Right. And, uh, you know, because he's in like the classic Spider-Man, and then the, the and he's in Big Hero Six, Spider-Man. and yeah, and he's in Big Hero Six, and he's in th- he has like a line in this, which I thought I actually did not remember that at all. And then <laughs> later in the movie, there's a character named Stan Lee, which oh God, which they like do name, and he has a restaurant, and his name's on well, it. His name's Stanley. It's Stanley, right? But he looks like Stan Lee. Right. Like that's the. That's the joke, right? Yeah, I believe so. I, I can't imagine that, that 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 went over their heads. Right, and they're like, wow, what an odd coincidence. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, no, that that was Stan Lee. But it wasn't, of course. That was some other person. But Right. Anyway, so they chase him down. He gets away, maybe. No. Yes, he gets away. And yeah, before that, we had contacted Mr. Blue, and we thought we had a cure. And it was just, that was pointless. He did the thing with the flowers, and, like, it was, I wrote 17 minutes into the movie, we already have a cure, allegedly. Who thought that was going to work? Well, did you? <laughs> I think my favorite part of that, I never thought it was going to work. Obviously, he has to, like show that he's working on something and show that it fails but then they do the petri dish thing and it's like it is straight out of spider-man 3 when like the symbiote is like attacking the other cells in the petri dish and it's just so cheesy yeah it goes it goes the cells are green and then they turn into red blood cells and then like and then four seconds later large yeah they're large green cells again i'm like oh well that did not work yeah not even a little bit right yeah no not even Uh, which i thought was interesting because his blood on the bottle was red I don't think his blood is supposed to be green. I think that the blood... I mean, I, I don't know a lot about blood. I'll be 100% honest with you. But I think that, like, the, the blood cells, which I guess are not, like, the whole water and liquid part of it, are, like, tainted green. Gotcha. But are not gotcha. entirely okay. green. Okay. Anyway. So he... he has this huge fight scene right at the beginning of the movie in the soda factory with the, you know, British East European soldier and the U.S. military and the soldier guy, Blonsky, is clearly just like, oh, man, this guy's hot. Like, I need to be this. This is what I need in my life is this big old giant green thing. Like, he's enamored with this this idea of power immediately. And, and I love that about Blonsky and that he's like this incredibly static character who just grows in his anger and rage over in time over the whole film and that he's like he's met an enemy that he could never possibly right. defeat as he is now so and he has to become something else yeah yeah he has to become something else to become stronger and and we get a lot of really interesting not i wouldn't say backstory but origin story on abomination and um yeah i actually thought he was which, the most well-done character in the whole movie yeah by a I, long I, shot I, whole lot by a long movie. shot i didn't think his intro i didn't like his introduction like at all but they're just like we got you this special soldier he's all we got you we got you an an alpha i'm like all right listen shouldn't shouldn't all of the like like our alpha in the u.s military is somebody from eastern europe by way of britain that is right like 
This doesn't quite add yeah. up. Uh, what about like a Navy yeah, SEAL? No. Where's Chris Kyle at? Come on. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so, yeah, Blonsky's clearly enamored with this guy, and they have this whole big fight scene, and, and he throws people through walls, and you don't really ever see the Hulk. And then he gets away and runs to Guatemala from Brazil. Oh wow! Or, or close. That close. is dang. So he really went far, and he ended up in Guatemala. I thought it was. I thought it was like Peru. No, the guy straight up says you're in Guatemala. Oh, because he, he. It's been like three hours. He, he since gets I this he gets movie. out of the out of the jungle and he sees the car and he starts speaking Portuguese and the guy's like I don't speak Portuguese and he's just kind of hell you mean you don't speak Portuguese from Brazil and he goes where am I in Spanish and the guy's like you're in Guatemala and he just kind of looks around like oh and then he goes into like the the next transition is in Chiapas which is like the far closest part of Mexico to Guatemala and I was like that's not a big transition that was not necessary at all for him to go into Mexico to get stretchy pants oh man they went all out with the, I, I love the stretchy pants thing though I think that's really <laughs> funny anything must stretchy and I was like what is that not is that not how it works <laughs> um you know what you know what frustrated me about the stretchy pants thing is like he keeps going back and asking for the stretchy pants and then every time he hulks out he's wearing like regular pants <laughs> Can we talk about the pants for a second? Just for a brief second. I just want to move on to the pants for a brief second. Yeah. How do they get torn at the at the bottom immediately as soon as he hulks out? Like they're they're immediate like, every time he every time he transforms, they're immediately like raggedy at the bottom. Like where the, the, the hem. Like where his legs are the thinnest. Yeah. I'm like, how does that immediately look like you went through the jungle? Immediately. No no fighting, no nothing. Just you transform and, and your pants are like that. And I'm like, I don't buy it. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I'll live with it, but I'm not happy about it. I don't know. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because he wears very thin at the bottom kind of pants. Very fashion forward. Yeah, the Hulk's got some joggers going on here in 2008. Right. right. I will say, like, like I, I made this comment later on in, in my, uh, like, overview comments. In that, like, Iron Man, I felt, like, aged very well. I watched that movie and I was like, wow, this is still a great movie. And, like, these special effects hold up. And I think the same for the Hulk as far as the special effects. I really, like, I, there wasn't a moment where I was like, that's fake. Um, well, I mean, I was you know, the whole thing. But, um, but like, the fonts that they used for, like, all of the, like, locations and everything, I was like, man, that looks like 2008 yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And I was like, I don't know what I would describe 2008 as looking like, but I, that's now I it. know. And it's that. That's it. That's it right there. <laughs> and so after that, we get into, we get back to America. He's, you know, Ross, General Ross and Blonsky are talking. And Ross is immediately like, hey, we should make you a super soldier. That worked really well last time. See that banner guy? You can be just like him. Yeah. They were like, we've got some of that super soldier serum. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> I, I literally wrote a note that said, when is this guy going to learn? This is not a good idea. He, he never learns. No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't clearly. And then we're introduced <laughs> back to the love interest, and and you know you get to see he's he's on the campus at what is apparently supposed to be Virginia Tech. Um, well, it's it's Culver University. Culver University is, is the yeah. imaginary Engin- comic book university, engineering college in Virginia in, in the mountains, right in Southwest yeah. Virginia in the mountains that has gray limestone. So it looks and it's got a, a big building. It looks which exactly like, like Virginia it looks, Tech. It's very similar to Virginia Tech. Um, real quick, before we get to Virginia Tech, um, I, I have a note in here that, like, first when they go after, I like, this whole movie is riddled with the U.S. government firing guns in places where they, they would shouldn't just, be firing guns. Just would never fire guns, right? Like a, like a civilian area in Brazil. Doesn't matter who the target is. You were never going to be firing guns in this area. Yeah. College and, campus, same deal. Yeah. But um, 
I my my comment was I'm cheering against the U.S. military, like specifically the army. They make note that this is the division of the military. It is. It is the army. Uh, so I'm cheering against the army, and then that guy doesn't just shoot one dog, but he shoots two dogs in like a like a thirty second. Oh, period in, in, in Brazil, Brazil, yeah. Well, he tranquilizes yeah. them. <laughs> what, whatever. He shot a yeah. dog. <laughs> Multiple. Multiple. Because you hear the first like, dog get like, shot, and then the dog, right. the second dog literally gets shot on camera. But yeah. then again, he's not U.S. government. He's British. They have different rules there, yeah. I guess. I don't know. No, I don't think you could shoot dogs. Anyway, so that... I don't think you could shoot anybody in Brazil. They're right at... Now, we'll we'll talk later about who, who the real villain is here. We'll talk later. But, yeah. you know, so they, they get on campus, and he sees her with Ty Burrell, her new boyfriend, who's there for some reason. He has no purpose in the movie whatsoever, except to be a snitch i think ty burrell was poorly cast and i would have cast uh, uh what's his name i actually don't even have a clue i d- couldn't even remotely tell you his name uh i can't even think the character's name but the buddy in national treasure what's his name oh that's justin bartha his name is riley cooper in national treasure yeah and his, yeah, his real that name guy. is justin bartha that guy is who they meant to cast for yeah the pretty I'll much tell you that much. pretty much <laughs> Um, yeah, and I mean, I would have just written that character completely out of the movie. He had no purpose whatsoever. He's a, a love interest that was immediately forgotten about. Right. She like, just, she, Bruce got back. She sees Bruce Granted, Banner. Bruce had only been gone for like six months. No, Bruce had been gone for like five years. Because they say later in the movie that he disappeared off the radar for five years. No, it was years. five months. Was I'm it five pretty months? sure it's five months. I thought it was years. I, don't, I could. I, don't I mean, think I would so. put money on that. I don't think so. I guess if he was in, in Brazil for five years, he would have learned a little bit right, more Portuguese like, than what you learn on Sesame Street. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's five months that he had been gone. I could be wrong about that. Don't nobody light me up for this, but I think it was five months. At Ethan. Yeah. At at me on Twitter. At Wow. Tell me tell at me wow. how wrong I am about it being five months, please. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure it's five months anyway. So yeah, she just immediately forgets about Ty Burrell as soon as Bruce comes back, which poor guy, and he immediately decides to rat on them because he's jilted and right. yeah he calls the the federal government and i'm like all right cool <laughs> you're done now your your role in this movie no longer exists and it doesn't like like never again does he appear and they decide that it's a good idea to attack him with like nerve gas and yeah because that's gonna help what although i think i think uh ty burrell could have been mr blue great candidate right he comes back and the, the love interest of his love interest is the man oh no but that, that would have made this movie good <laughs> that would have been like whoa that would have been a great cool. movie and that's who i originally thought was going to be mr blue was that guy i really did yeah yeah but, but no, no very disappointing and i mean mr. Blue. and and uh what's her name elizabeth betty whatever is immediately revealed to be completely complicit in all of this as soon as bruce shows up she was like i saved all the data just in case we thought you were dead but like here it is here's all of the data you ever needed and yeah the dog talks a lot in this movie did you notice that like the actual hulk like the hulk himself he has three lines probably probably no no the first time he hulks out he says leave me alone right um and then one time later he says hulk smash no i think he says something while he's at virginia tech as well he says betty is that what he yes. says is that the only time her name is said six, the whole movie? six words i think that's about as many as edward norton says so, and he didn't um, edward norton didn't even say the words who did the Lou words Lou Ferrigno. yeah not the security like, guard. No. Yeah, I actually, I, when I saw Luke Rigno, I was like, nah, that's pretty good. But we'll talk about that that's later because we get to that whole part yeah. where we talk about Easter eggs and references and all that. So, right. We'll talk about Luke Rigno later. Oh, I actually, I have to go back a little bit. I'm sorry. You like, you like jumped through my notes. I have to go back. I did. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Just edit it. Okay. 
Um, so I feel like he could have been a lot more destructive in that Brazilian city. Like you're stuck on Brazil, now. man. We're pet. Yeah, we're past well, Brazil. I have a Brazil lot stopped of, mattering though. But like that's the thing is like the dude like straight up destroys half of New York like two years from now in the Avengers, right? I probably more than two years from now. Um, like, like straight up destroys like half of New York. He like takes down a giant Tatari dragon with his fist, and like in this Brazilian city, he does a little bit of damage to a soda factory, and like I I feel like very few people died, which I was like. Well, that's the, the thing is they caught him in that soda factory, not in the slums of downtown Rio. Yeah, but I think like, like that's where he he's on the helicarrier. When he's on the helicarrier, does a lot more damage. Like, and he's the Hulk. He like after destroying a little bit of a soda factory in Rio, he travels like five hundred miles. Yeah, running through the Amazon rainforest. I don't know. I think he would have done considerably more damage because, like, the whole thing about, like, these Brazilian cities is that helicopter shot where, like, everything is on top of each other. You know, I think he would have done a lot more damage. To me, the Hulk would be way more destructive. Well, the... Way, like... Like, do you remember Superman? The Superman, the first one with General Zod? Yeah. Where they destroyed, like, all of Metropolis. Yeah. That's what I want in Rio de Janeiro in this movie. Yeah, but, like, they... Because he's the Hulk. They need to... He's not Superman. But they need to leave it ambiguous as to whether or not he's a bad guy. It's Superman's not a bad guy. He destroys all of Metropolis. I mean, I'm just saying. That's what I'm saying. They need to, to, to leave it... You know, there's there's there to be no chance that he's a bad guy at this point. Like, it could be yes, it could be no... We don't. They don't want to turn him against us. That's the whole. Mm. That's the whole Superman story, though. Is that people eventually start to hate Superman. Like every Superman ha- deals with that. Yeah, I still think. Um, I still think he should have done it. One special effect I thought they did extremely well inside of the soda factory fight was when he throws the forklift. Yeah. Because I watched that and I was like, wow, he threw that forklift like a football. Yeah. And then I was like, I wonder how fast a forklift would travel through the air if somebody threw it. And then I was like, well, I guess it depends upon how strong you are. Hulk's pretty strong. And then, like, in the next scene, uh, the guy's like, he threw that forklift like a softball. And I was like, wow, they achieved exactly what I thought they were going yeah, to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Very up. well done. The guy was, like, terrified of that. He picked the forklift up and just chucked it. Right. And I was like, wow, that's, a good, that's exactly what you achieved. Yep. And that's what it looked yep. like. So, Hats um, off to the special effects team there. And... Then I also said I want to see Bruce Banner doing more science stuff. I feel like he's a half hour into the movie, and all he's really done is hitchhiked through Central America. Yeah, well, they consistently like to underplay how smart Bruce Banner is in the uh, Avengers movies, as well as literally everybody gets dumbed down. Like, they picked the dumb Ant-Man as opposed to the scientist Ant-Man, and they picked— Hank Pym? Yeah, they went. Well, I mean, like what, Paul Rudd has a master's in electrical engineering, so he's pretty smart. It, it, wait, Paul Rudd does or his it, character? Scott, does. I can't remember his Scott, name. Scott Lang. Lang, you're right. Anyway, but I'm just, that's what I'm just saying is the whole time it's like they've they've just ignored the fact that these people are just a group of geniuses. Well, I mean, I don't think they downplay the Tony Stark or Vision thing very much, but I mean, I, like those are. Those are some pretty smart folks. Right, but, like, Ultron becomes, like, an accident. Yeah. Well, I actually have a theory that Ultron was not an accident, and Tony did it on purpose because Tony's not who he says he is. Right, but, like, that's not how it happened in the comics. It was, like, it was Tony and Bruce working on this AI for a long time together, and, like, Bruce had nothing to do with it in the movie, and, like, that's what I'm saying is they're just downplaying everybody. Right. It's like, this is not the first time, or, well, this is the first time, but this is not the last time that Bruce Banner's intelligence gets overwritten. Yeah, I agree. And then, then of course, all of a sudden we go from... Brazil to Guatemala to Mexico to uh, Southwest Virginia. Yeah. No uh-huh. in between there. Boom, boom. I'll tell you, that trip would probably take longer than the Guatemala trip. Yeah, and uh-huh. it'd be a lot more difficult. Right. There'd be customs yeah. and customs, like your wanted fugitive. Fugitive. Yeah. 
2008 was not the easiest time to get into America. No. And I also noted that like a sweaty middle-aged man on a Virginia college campus, at least in my experience, would stick out at least a little bit. Like not a ton, but enough that somebody would look at him and be like, wow, yeah, that guy hasn't showered in three weeks and he smells terrible and definitely doesn't belong on this Virginia I college campus. I don't know. Campus. He kind of looked like a professor. See, that's, that's why I said he wouldn't stick out a ton because like I had professors who I don't think showered for three weeks at a time. Yeah. And were like, you know, would walk to class barefoot and like that was like their shtick. Yeah. But you like people know those professors, right? Like, right. But it was obviously a much bigger school. I, I think that at much bigger schools like that, you just kind of stop looking for trouble. I guess. I don't know. I think somebody would be like, wow, you smell bad. But that's, I mean, I, mean, I think that was just too much. The man, of a... the man hasn't showered since before like a gamma radiation induced rage that turned him into like a 600 pound monster. Yeah. And it came out of, you know, I mean, like he probably smells like just the, like, the jungle like the junk like terrible like (laughs) he was homeless in mexico for what looked like weeks right where like because when he gets back it says uh days of that instant 16 days is when he's at at, uh culver yeah it's like what yeah (laughs) and i don't know how often he showered in brazil i mean his apartment didn't look particularly nice no well and he's a day laborer in a soda factory yeah yeah does he make money doing that or does he just is he just doing it i don't know I would imagine he made money because the the boss was like, "Man, you're you know you're so smart. Let me put you on the actual payroll." And he was just like, mm, "No, thank no. you. No, <laughs> don't do that. No." Um, and then he gets he gets to Culver, Culver's. What is Culver's? Culver's is a fast food joint in the Midwest. Is that correct? Yeah, the like North Midwest. Yeah, they serve uh, butter burgers. That's the thing. And cheese curds. Cheese curds. Mm, I love me some cheese curds. You can get cheese curds at Sheets, which reminds me, this episode is brought to you by Cheese Curds. Everybody's favorite fried cheese. Not any particular kind of cheese curds. Just cheese curds. The idea of cheese curds. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of cheese curds. Keeping you warm and safe at night since they were invented. And stopping you off just a little bit more than you'd like. Just enough. Mm-hmm. Cheese curds. They're cheesy. All right, so this movie has like a lot of reading in it. It was like when it gets to this campus that I realize I am reading... Like, I can't look away from the screen. Right. Because in order to know what's going to happen, I have to read about it. Right. This like, is not a well-made movie. This is when I started to notice, especially, that this is not a well-made or well-thought-out movie. No, because the U.S., like, like, I have in all caps, in all caps, in what world would the U.S. government fire 50 caliber bullets on a school campus? Yeah, or, like, sonic cannons. They're like clearly when students are there, it's likely early fall because the leaves are still green in Southwest Virginia, and so like everybody's still like, I don't even know where this building is, and like there's just fifty caliber bullets and like airstrikes going through the campus. Where are the gunship? <laughs> the gunship is nowhere near this place because it's a college. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious is they would every time he would say he would mention like where are the said weapon, they would just kind of fly in over some mounds. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is, is oh my that, gosh. That, that fight scene was where I was aware that it was not a very good movie. And the whole time you're like, well, I don't really cheer for the Hulk because, you know, I don't even really much care for Bruce Banner, except for he did that nice gesture for a, a don't know soda factory. anything about him. Right. I really, like, he doesn't seem like a particularly nice guy. He just seems like the person I mean, who's movie I mean, at this point, around. I'm on Team Blonsky. He's the only one with a motive. Oh, Team Blonsky's like, you know what, U.S. government, I'm going to do everything I can to get rid of this gargantuan green terrorist. Yeah, he, <laughs> he is the only one with a motive. <laughs> He's the only one we know anything about that has, like, a reason for doing what he's doing. 
He's the only one with right. a name he, at this point still. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't know that they've said Bruce Banner's name at this point. I don't know that they've said Thunderbolt's they, name they at this never, point. They never said it. They never said Ross's name until Blonsky at the end was like, Ross. I was like, all right, that confirms what I'm reading on this IMDb trivia. Right. And they can just sort of arbitrarily assign names like Abomination and Hulk to these characters, but they can't call the general Thaddeus Thunderbolt Thunderbolt. Yeah, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Like, that sounds like you could have just gotten that nickname just because. Hulk is like a made-up word. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, you could be like a hulking thing, but like the word Hulk, I don't think. Yeah, it means it's just like a it's like meaning. a big hunk of junk. Hunk of junk, like a big old yeah. Hulk. Yeah. I don't I don't know that in any context you can just say Hulk. Let's okay. Let's see what Merriam Webster has to say about this. Hulk. H U L K. A heavy, clumsy ship. Yeah, the like body a, of an old boat? ship unfit for service. Huh. So, I mean, in that way, you could say the Hulk is like a vessel for well, Bruce Banner I, to get around very quickly. I, th- I think it's. I think it's more of just like service. a big thing that's just sitting there. That it's an immovable object that you can't do anything with. It just sits there and rusts. Mm, that is the opposite of what the Hulk is. Right, but he, he is. is a very he is. He is a mobile object. He can do lots. But he of is things. not movable. Like he is. He is an impenetrable force. He is. He is also not fit for military service. <laughs> because he's 4F. He insane. <laughs> he is pre-operation Steve right. Rogers. I felt like Hulk, like they had the weapons to defeat him very easily in this scene on the college campus. Where they were like, I'll bring in the 50 cows. Which, like, again, you can't do well, They didn't do, do anything that. to him. This is a college campus. Well, they did. They, they had the sonic wave things. And that, like, worked shockingly well. Like, insanely well did that slow him down. Because, like, an army of the Chitauri a few movies from now ain't nothing on Hulk. But, like, two big sonic waves, yeah, man's going to be stopped for a few a minutes. Big piece of sculpture at him. That was, yeah, that that was, was awesome. pretty cool. But, like, uh, and he, like, rips it in half, like, molten in half with a sculpture yeah. that's not molten hot. I mean, it's like a lightsaber. I mean, you know, it was just, it was not the best fight scene I've ever seen. That's all I'm saying. I just, like... Like, he busts out of the bridge, and I wanted the whole bridge to be destroyed, not right. just, like, that section of windows. Like, I wanted some Michael Bay style. Like, the bridge comes down, and then because the bridge comes down, it's got so much weight that it brings those two buildings it was holding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. This is not Transformers. As well. I, don't, well, I don't want it to be Transformers. Although, I mean, Ed Norton, a Camaro of an actor, does turn into a giant <laughs> thing. So, <laughs> I don't know if we'd call him a Camaro of an actor because it's a Camaro... Is like the cargo shorts of American sports yes, cars. Yes, says, like, says the guy who spent years and, and years Norton. going, I want a Camaro more than any other car in the world. That's because Bumblebee was a Camaro. And like, anyway. mm, man, that was cool. And that is 100% the reason why. But now I drive a different American sports car. So anyway, Camaros are just Basically, now. at the end, they have this huge fight scene, which is not the first or the last in the movie. There's a lot of these that occur. It was a huge fight scene, and then it ends with them just kind of giving up, and Hulk saves the girl, which apparently wasn't enough to, you know, give him any kind of credit whatsoever. You know, he like he he clearly gets down on his knees and protects and saves this woman, and they're just like, yeah, you're still a bastard. Yeah. Yeah, you still gotta die. You still gotta go. And sorry about it. Do they want? Does does he want to kill him or does he want to catch him? I really I, don't know. No, what because, because there are no motives do. in this movie. Like I said, like the I don't only know person what, with a like, motive. Like, at this point, still, is Blonsky. I think I think Thunderbolt, they, they kind of hint at at the end when they pull him out of the building. They're like, if you took this weapon away from me, I'll kill you. So they want to capture him. So they can they weaponize can him, yes. It correct. More contro- right. And, and so they, they run off, and he runs off with the girl. And I have a note here right here that, that says, 
and I think this would be a great piece of knowledge for all people uh, that deal with the Hulk to have. I said, maybe if he wouldn't be so angry if you stop hurting him all the time. Who's hurting him all the time? Everyone. Like, the, the military is just shooting at him when he's just a person. Yeah, but they're shooting tranks at him when he's a person. They're shooting 50 caliber, bu- caliber bullets at a college campus. Well, no, they like, they, they, like, nerve-gassed him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, like, I guess I guess, well, I guess their thought there like, was that. How did they think that was going to go? That he was just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to pass out. No, no. Come on now. You know better than this. Shield, well, you, get a, you know better than this. You get a lot more meta. It wasn't Shield. This was the army. You got to remember. They used Army's Shield, though. They did use Shield. Later on, they used Shield, which I was I was happy to see that they brought that in. Agent Coulson, not in the film, I was a little disappointed by because this is still early stages when Agent Coulson needs to be making like minor appearances ever. Even if he was just like in the boardroom and he just says something like, Well, what about XYZ? You right. know, like that would have been enough of a cameo for me at this point to be like, Oh, Agent Coulson, I remember that dude. Yes, yeah, so they run off and they hide in a waterfall and all is well and they're they're clearly in love and she brings him back down to being a real person. She's like, It's okay, Hulk, everything's fine. You're gonna be all right, you big green screwball. <laughs> he like shouts. He gets hit by lightning. He like shouts at the lightning. Throws we'll talk about, the, at it. talk about that. Talk about that later. <laughs> talk about him yelling the lightning later. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> this man. So bad. It is. It's just terrible. Oh, so and, then, and I, I so wish it wasn't. Like I went into it and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna like this movie. And so I'm then gonna, they I'm gonna they, like have a like a positive review. About I, tried. It. I, tried I tried. I tried so hard. Like, I, I tried so hard. It. And I'm still trying so hard to defend it. It's just not possible. Oh my, oh my god. god. Anyway, so then we discover through a would-be sex scene something very important about the hulk in that it's not just when he gets angry he's not it's not just when he's mad that he hulks out it's anytime his heart rate elevates above 200 is it 200 is that the, the yeah because number? because there was like the one scene where he's looking to watch and, and it kept going up and up and up and up and up and it stopped at 200 and they freaked out okay and okay. so like blonsky we think is dead at this point because he got completely marked against that tree except yeah. he's a super soldier so he heals immediately is, is that the scene after he's been super soldiered and he yeah because he does the thing when he's got the sculpture where he like does like some crazy cool jump yeah he does some neo moves and right yeah and right. then and then they're talking about how you know and like his his pistol does more damage to right. the hulk than like 50 caliber bullets right and the, <laughs> the the doctors go you know well his bones look like crushed gravel right now so he probably will never walk again <laughs> And then you just see him, like, move his hands, and I'm like, ah, yeah, okay. That could have been the end. <laughs> Never going to walk again. <laughs> that could have been the end of the movie of Abomination, the origin story. And yeah. then the next movie is about Abomination, like, terrorizing cities. Yeah, and, so like, his little hand moving is the end. Blonsky is, you know. And then they, they had this whole scene where they're like, you know, we're using S.H.I.E.L.D., we're going we're gonna to find him. And I'm sitting here going, there's no way he's going to lead you guys right to him. And then he leads them right to him. Like like right away they're like yeah we're gonna he's gonna email Mister Blue back every time you search Mister Green and Mister Blue it'll come up in Shield database and then the, what does he do immediately sends an email like to the private email of Mister Blue on the encrypted server but of course Shield much like the NSA don't care about your encrypted server right so they didn't even know who Mister Blue was before that now they do and. So and they don't, like, go to this guy, right? They're not like, oh, we know he's got a known associate named Mr. Blue. In... No, they just keep trying to track him down. Right, in New York. Why don't we just track this dude down? No, they just they block off New York on the Jersey border, being like, oh, well, there's no way he's not going to use a car. Right. <laughs> anyway, so they get in New York. They go meet Mr. Blue, who is not Ty Burrell, and is Delmar from Oh Brother Art Thou. <laughs> like, I don't know his actual name, but he's Delmar why? in my mind. Why? 
Oh my god. There's so many <laughs> unnecessary characters. Like, this guy, like, the only thing that makes him Mr. Blue is that he's wearing a blue C t-shirt that says science magnet on it. Like, which just isn't even, like, a joke. It's not, like, chick magnet with, like, a magnet and some, like, chicks, like, small chickens going to it. Nope. It just nope. says it's science, science magnet. magnet. Like, oh my god. Why is this guy in this movie? And the why, whole time... And maybe, Maybe in, like, the comics, he's got some much greater role and he's this famous yeah. character because he does have an alliterative name, so I imagine that's well, he, the case. Well, he is a major character. He becomes the leader. The leader of what? Just that's his name. He's the leader. He's a villain. He's a huge villain. Because oh. you see that scene where he gets, like, part of his face transformed. Right, and his he, brain goes all He cool. turns into the leader along with, like, and there's, like, three of them. There's the Abomination, the leader, and Grey Hulk in the comics. Oh. And they all band together to destroy the actual Hulk. I bet they fail. I mean, I believe they fail and not fail. It's a comic book. You can do it over and over again. I know. It's He's got to die sometime. How many times they kill Peter Parker? Like, 15? There's been, like, six Spider-Man, yeah. I think. No, I think I saw a video about the top six Spider-Man. That's what it was. <laughs> You're saying Spider-Man. Like he's his last name. Like he's Phil Spiderman. <laughs> what is that from? Friends. <laughs> Phoebe's talking about Spiderman, and Chandler says that. <laughs> Phil Spiderman. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so the whole time I've been writing notes being like, Mr. Blue is really sketchy. There's no way this is not a bad guy. It turns out, like, he's not sketchy. He's just a really weird dude. And he's just a professor yeah. at a university in New York City, which is like an even worse place for the U.S. military to just mobilize active ground units and like tanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's Columbia is the university, which oh, that's is where a real school. Yeah, which is where like a lot of stuff happens in the Marvel universe. Like that's where Doc Ock worked. Yeah, Spider Man has a lot to do with Columbia as well in in multiple different Spider Man universes. Spider Man. Um, but then. Uh, Liv Tyler is like, would you like some purple pants? I, like, <laughs> I did. I got laughed out loud when I she bought like, the purple mm, shorts. And he goes, mm, maybe not. <laughs> nah. Um, and then after she hands in the purple pants, they like go through all of her stuff. And this is when I put in my notes, this movie never ends. Because I feel like I've been watching it forever. <laughs> yeah, it was, only and, like, uh, it was only an hour and 45 minutes long. <laughs> oh my god, it was so long. It was like, I was just sitting there like, oh my god, when does it... There's just so much, like, unnecessary. Uh, there's also a joke, uh, a comment in here that says, this movie should be called Bruce Banner Sleeping While Sitting. Uh, because, like, like he's in a motel room with Liv Tyler, and, like, the next shot is him sleeping, sitting next to a wall. Like, sitting against the wall at that motel. Yeah. Like, outside. Yeah. It's anyway, like, so oh they, they keep going. Stand up, Mr. Blue's down. real. He he also wants to use Bruce Banner's blood, but he wants to use it for good and not war stuff. And so we got two conflicting plots there. But then he he led the military right to him, and they just keep coming back for more. And yep. so he turns Blonsky into the Abomination, and they have literally nothing important happens at this point because it's a 15 minute street fight in which Ooh. they they shoot 50 caliber bullets into an apartment complex. Like, multiple times. Yeah. So nothing, nothing, literally nothing important happens during that fight whatsoever. I, the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, when is this going to end? Oh, it, I actually, I have a completely different view on this. I'm, really? I'm, nothing like, happened. Oh, I mean, nothing of value happens whatsoever. But this was, like, to me, an extremely redeeming quality to this film was that this 15-minute fight scene was awesome. No, I mean, it was cool, but it would have been cool if there weren't already, like, 45 fight scenes. There's three rounds of fighting. It's too many. It's too many. Too much of this movie was spent in big, like, action movie climaxy fights. This isn't a Michael Bay movie. I didn't want to watch a Michael Bay movie. 
That's true. But yeah, I, I love it. Like, I, I hate that they're like, oh my gosh, there's civilians running in the streets. This machine gun isn't going to do any damage to the abomination. Let's try a rocket launcher. And like, literally, when they fire the rocket launcher, in that scene, there are people running past them. Like, yeah. civilians. <laughs> yeah. Like, so there's this, yeah, there's this huge fight. Blonsky's just, like, dead, I guess. I don't, I don't think he kills Abomination because... Beat into submission. I don't know what happened. He's got, like, the chains choking him, and we yeah. think he's going to General Zod him, which I know comes after this, and in a different universe entirely. But you think that's what he's going to do, is, like, choke him out and kill him. And instead, Liv Tyler's like, stop! And he, he uh, doesn't die, but, like, Abomination should still have some energy because... Right, they're just he's like, like standing on abomination. It was just super anticlimactic. Uh, but in this scene, there is a part where Hulk uh, rips a police car in half and uses that police car's boxing gloves. That was and that cool. Is awesome. <laughs> that was cool. But then at the end of it, he just he 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 like does the thing where he stands on top of the body and then he just runs off. And the girls yeah. never mentioned again in any movie. I don't know that that's the case. I know... So there are mentions of Thor's girlfriend, Natalie Portman, and I believe in that same scene, they say Bruce, she's elsewhere or something like that. And I think that she shows up, like, on a monitor somewhere. I think. You might I'm be right about You might be right about that, but, like, it just... They set her up to be this huge important character, and then she's just not. Well, she should be important because she can control Hulk. Right. Like, like she's the only one that Thor can. Thor like, doesn't need to be controlled he has a conscience right but hulk and like later versions of the hulk of the same supposedly same hulk are way more chaotic you yeah. know what i'm saying like like yeah way like way more cannot even a little bit be controlled cannot sit in the rain and shout at lightning like no at all but then, they could yeah. try but they wouldn't so succeed. then it's over and you, and there's this great scene where he's like doing yoga and everything and and he you can see that he finally like controls the ability and his eyes light up green he's got this like devious smile on his face although it's best scene in the whole movie i liked that because that i think is the best segue as uh, the best segue into the marvel universe is right that, because they at this time they did, bruce they, banner is always angry they did not know whether or not he was going to be a hero or a villain oh but let's, let's not, go back they had to the not beginning. decided that yet let's go back to the beginning of uh uh let's go back to the scene where bruce banner jumps out of a helicopter which by the way was super cool that he jumps out of a helicopter i was okay with that having no idea not, if he's going to transform or not yeah i was like okay that's very heroic you, you're very much a hero now um, but like, I, I don't like that, uh, Thunderbolt's all about it, that he's like, yeah, you could do that because literally this man in the whole movie has just been trying to capture one of these Hulk-like creatures, right? In Edward Norton's character, in Bruce right. Banner. Right. And then as soon as he captures him, he should have some foresight of being like, okay, I have the capacity to catch one of these people. It'll take some work, but I, I've lit- I can point and say, I captured that one, you know? Yeah. And then he's well, immediately like, no, you can jump back out there. And I think that's his arrogance of being like, I can do it again. I did it once. Why would it yeah, be Yeah, but now he's got to catch two of them. Well, no, he doesn't because he, I think he knows that Banner's going to be able to stop the one. Well, but Abomination isn't killed. Right, but and... like he's done enough. They knock him out uh, and turn him back into Blonsky. Well, we never see that. Right, but like we that's again. he's either dead or that's what happens. They're the only option. Uh, did you notice the Hulk's theme? It actually, I only noticed it twice in the whole movie. I'm sure it comes through more. The musical theme is right at the beginning when Hulk shows up. There's a really well done tritone, and then right at the end when he shows back up as Hulk, that same tritone yep. is played. 
and I was actually like, wow, this, what a perfect yeah, the score chaos. What a perfect chaos note for this character. And I thought, I actually thought that was... Yeah, the score is pretty good. Well, I mean, it could have been, but it, it, it reminded me of Wonder Woman, which I'm sure you have yet to watch. Uh, You're going to keep bringing that up, aren't you? You have. It's so and good. And not going to watch it until we review it. Oh, my God. At this miss, point. You're... I'm not watching it until we review it at this point. It's not going to happen. So we get this, and then the, the movie's over, essentially. But there's this this pre-credit, post-credit scene. It was the one with Tony Stark. It felt weird. It felt like a post-credit scene, it but it wasn't a post-credit scene. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Because Tony Stark walks in and talks to Thunderbolt, who just created Abomination. Yeah. And is like, I've heard you've got a problem, and you're looking to, you know, we're putting a team together. Does he want Bruce on the team, or does he want Abomination on the team? I think he wants not really Thunderbolt on the team. He wants Thunderbolt. But he wants on the team. to recruit Thunderbolt for Shield. Gotcha. But if I've seen Iron Man two, and I have Tony Stark, not super hot on the whole Shield thing for a good while. Yeah, well, like he's, you know, he's, I don't really at know. At this point, this point, he's like, yeah, well, I'm too good to be a part of your program. Yeah, but they hadn't developed that storyline yet. This was just Yeah, but I mean, but now they've like shot themselves in the foot for when Iron Man 2 comes out and Tony's like, "Uh, no, Agent Phil yeah, Coulson, but like, I want literally nothing to do with you." Nobody watched this movie. Uh, nobody even knows it's part of the series. Oh, and you and, you ask anybody and honestly, you ask anybody about this movie, it came out years before that, like in their mind. It came out and you know way what's crazy? before Iron Man. It looks different. It feels different. It's just not that it doesn't have any of the consistencies of any of the rest of the movies. I think they could have done a lot more with, um, you know, like a lot of the themes throughout the other films is like the the sort of modern scoring and like mixing scores with, you know, quote unquote modern music. Right. I think they could have done a little bit with that. I think like if you're gonna do the classic Hulk thing, you could have even like modernized that a little bit. And I like that Lou Ferrigno was in there. I was I was huge fan of that. But what what what'd you like about this movie? I have a few things I liked. I love Abomination as a villain. I'm, yeah, um, I maintain I think, that. I think it's way more about him, but then it has just like it has more screen time about Liv Tyler and Bruce Banner, but it's definitely about Abomination. Like he's the character that gets developed, and he's the character that like I think he would be a really good villain for Captain America because yeah. he takes the whole super soldier thing and what does it mean to be the best soldier thing, right? And takes a different approach to it, right? Which I think is important, and it you know adds some nuance to the Captain America story. But of course, we don't have Captain America at this point. Yeah. Although I did get chills at two two points in this movie, both were probably in the last ten minutes. I got chills first when the Hulk says Hulk smash. Oh, I did not. I thought that was so cheesy. I thought it was too, and I was like, I I knew I shouldn't have gotten chills, but I was like, mm, he said the thing. Um, <laughs> it's a bingo. <laughs> like, right? It's like. It's like when it's just bingo. Says, it, right. It's like when the thing says it's clobbering time, it's like, mm, that's cheesy, but I love it. And then the other time I got chills was actually during the post credit scene, pre post credit scene that I don't like when Tony Stark says that super soldier serum was put on ice for a reason. Yeah. That that gave me chills because I was thinking about this is foreshadowing Captain America literally being on ice. Oh, yeah. I, I, did you catch that? Yeah, I did. Okay, I just want to make sure you caught that. It's not the first or last, or only, it is the last, but it's not the first or only reference to Captain America. What do you mean? You mean there's another reference to Captain no, America No, I mean, not, not directly necessarily, but it's just, I mean, it's obvious what they're getting at every time they talk about the super soldier program from World War II. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like, oh, yeah, Captain America. And I think that was very interesting um, that, like, that created, that was actually one thing I really liked about the movies, that tie-in. But it's also kind of like, well, why did, I guess because Steve is the, the actual perfect soldier is why it worked so well on him. Right, that's that's how and they they the just end. did it right, right. Like they didn't do it right with the Hulk. That was the whole thing. Is like they they couldn't 
figure out a method. I think that's the whole thing that the gamma radiation is. They couldn't figure out the right method, so it, they used the gamma radiation, which isn't explained at all because there's well, no they're like, there's no origin poisoning. There's no origin story at all whatsoever, which is like it's just weird. It, it could have been longer than a 30 second montage. I'm still that's upset. Very very confusing. <laughs> 30-second montage. Don't get to it. So I liked the Captain America tie-in. I, that was a big point for me. I really liked Abomination. I, really, I like Blonsky as a character. I think he's the only person that got a real fleshing out of his character. Only one that developed. He was really the only one that had a name. Like, Yeah, I was I was very frustrated that like they didn't say any names in this movie. Which, like, is, I guess I haven't said your name since I think at all in this podcast, Ethan. But Listen, I, Tyler, we're not talking to each other. Like... I mean, we are, but like, uh, but like, how often do you film, say each other's name in conversation? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's, I think like the director like was presented with the script and was like, they say they're each other's names a lot. Let's let's cut that out entirely. And then they control it, control F. It got rid of yeah. all of Bruce, all of, and they were like, I think that's everybody, right? And Blonsky was still in there, right? <laughs> that's got to be what happened. No, I'm telling you, it was Edward Norton because he's the one that cut out the origin story completely. He wrote the origin story out of his own script. I mean, I can jive with that. And I get at that for, like, an art house flick, like The this Illusionist. Was, this, this is a this, superhero origin story movie. This, Yeah, this was not an art house flick by any means. No. And that's the thing. And this part, of, I feel like Edward Norton was a horrible choice. I agree. I it's think a terrible choice. That I'm so glad they got Mark Ruffalo. He's so much better. He wears the purple shirts. And he's just, like, Edward Norton was not good as the whole. He was too much... It, just, it was just too much. Yeah, and he is Mr. Super Dramatic. Yeah, I think Mark Ruffalo should have been in this from the beginning. You can't take the... Well, and, and the director... I read this. The director absolutely was insisting on Mark Ruffalo. And, really? And, yeah, and Marvel was like, no, 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 no. He's not going to be good for this. He's too much like Eric Bana. We can't... He, we don't need him. It's not going to be good. Let's get Edward Norton. He's available. And then mm. this movie flopped, and they were like, yeah. Right, Mark Ruffalo thing? Mm, you're probably right, guy, who's not going to direct another movie for us. We're going to get Mark Ruffalo. I, okay, so tell me what – I mean, we, we've obviously talked about what we didn't like about this movie. Uh, I mean, is there any overarching thing that you felt like came through enough that you were able to dislike it about the movie as a whole. It just didn't it, it, it there was there was no plot to it. There's no traction. Yeah, the plot didn't make any sense. It didn't go anywhere. Nobody had a motive. Why I, is why is Bruce Banner running? Why are they chasing him? What is going on? Well, and that's like you said Edward Norton was like, let's just make a movie without a without a without a, like a reason. Yeah. So like that's what I said that's why I like about Blonsky is because he has a motive whether he's right or wrong he has a motive he is the only one that has a motive that a firm like you can see what this guy is about and he sticks to it like right. I said he's a static character but not in a bad not, way no I think you have to have static characters from time to time right he's he's quite a bit dynamic because you know he's well, and that does now what, a giant that's rage what makes monster. a great kind of a villain like that is a static character that has a dynamic dramatic shift in this case his ideals stayed the same but his body turned into a right, giant right raging monster but like take a like draco malfoy for example he is through what six movies books just a whiny jerk until the end of the sixth one he just displays weakness for the first time and then he is on not necessarily harry's side but he is, he is a, then <laughs> from that fourth that they fourth a dynamic character right right absolutely um like I, for one i'm cheering against the u.s army this whole film we're like in in iron man it's like well the air force is kind of the enemy but but not really no the, they, just, the u.s army in this movie is absolutely the villain right like they're the the 
bad guy. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is the bad guy. They, instead of being like, yeah, let's understand Bruce and see how we can help him. They're like, well, let's capture him and Shield, turn him into a S.H.I.E.L.D. was a bad guy straight up until the end of Nick Fury. Well, I mean, the whole, like, if you get into the S.H.I.E.L.D. thing and, like, even watch the show, it's like, well, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s kind of Hydra, so. Yeah, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is uh, a bad thing. <laughs> We've figured that out many times. But then S.H.I.E.L.D.'s a good thing, and then S.H.I.E.L.D.'s a bad thing, and it's because people are a part of S.H.I.E.L.D., and people have different motives. Yeah, well... Yeah, I just, like, you can't shoot guns at college campuses. You can't bring tanks to a college. (laughs) You can't. Yeah. It would not fly. (laughs) Like, well, tanks can never fly. You know what I meant. Right. And in Ant-Man, a tank does, I wouldn't say fly, but... Does jump out of a building. It falls with style. Any notable Easter eggs you want to share that you noticed? Yeah, I like the. I really liked the thing where where Hulk yells at the lightning. Why? What is that Easter egg? Because it's, so it's like it's Thor. It's is like that what that foreshadowed. That's about I, yeah, is? I mean, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it has been made intentional by the fact that like isn't that the the plot of Ragnarok is like this this battle between the Thor Thor and the Hulk? I think that's probably going to be in the first five minutes of Ragnarok. Is that they get put into a like a gladiatorial style battle? Anyway, against each like. Other. That is definitely a thing that has happened is this foreshadowing of like of them having this conflict that he's like he's a mad at Thor. I would not have caught that even a little bit. That was the first thing I thought he was yelling at the lightning. I'm like, dang, all right, what's up? Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but Well, I think also like Ragnarok is our next exciting moment in Marvel, you know. Have you Oh, you ooh, are you going to be caught up on the Thor series by the time Ragnarok comes out? It depends. (laughs) <laughs> like, will you have seen? I guess Thor, I'm gonna have to watch the Dark I World. I guess I'm gonna have to watch Dark World. There was a, there's just a couple things that I thought were really well done. There was a lot of like references to the old Hulk movies and like or TV shows and like Lou Ferrigno, who was the the voice and the actor for the the Hulk part of the TV show, like was the security guard and he is available. And they also had um, Bill Blisky Blixie, the whoever played Bruce Banner in that TV show. He is is passed by the time this is filmed so it's like he was on the television in the original scene and stuff like that like you have to kind of look at the trivia to catch it but i think it was cool that they put that kind of stuff in there um mm-hmm. that is definitely I something i liked as they give a lot of reference to the the previous kind of you know tv show and the movies and everything and and there is source material for it so it's something they can do like iron man they'd never really done before well okay so on the flip side of that yeah i know they do a lot of the same thing in like spider-man where they'll have like somebody playing like old spider-man theme song but at what point can you have like a Tobey Maguire cameo in Spider-Man. You can't. You don't think you can? No, think I don't think soon? you can. I don't think you can um, in any of these Spider-Man things because I think that they've all been not reboots so much as replacements. Mm-hmm. And I think that... But I think I think people... Like, I think Andrew Garfield is, is like, you're not allowed in Spider-Man anymore. Um, and they do nod a little bit to some Spider-Man stuff because Donald Glover, I think, voices Spider-Man in the cartoons and then he was on screen. But I think, like, people generally accept that Tobey Maguire was a good Spider-Man. And, like, the first two movies were really quite excellent. Um, you know, it's that third one that really killed the series. Uh, I mean, do you want to hear my opinions on that? I mean, do you think... I just think, do you think Tobey Maguire can appear in Spider-Man in some sort of way? God, I hope not. He wasn't a good Spider-Man. He wasn't a good Peter Parker. Like, he was just... He was somewhere in between. I think as a kid, I didn't have enough movie understanding and knowledge to think a character was poorly cast. I think the only... In fact, in fact, as a kid, there was one movie I saw and did not like. And do you know what it was? What? It was the 2003 Hulk. I remember going to the theater. Yeah, no, it was terrible. We were there it was terrible. See, they were, we were there to see something else. And instead of seeing something else, I like begged and begged and begged to the point where I felt bad when my mom was like, fine, we can see Hulk. And we saw Hulk and like... I, it was the first time in my life I saw a movie and was like, that sucked. Yeah, bad. 
It's not good. It's not good at all. Yeah, but I just I wasn't I wasn't crazy about Tobey Maguire Spider Man. I never I never liked him as Spider Man. But that's that's a whole different. We can cover that series at some point. I would like that. Yeah, I but, think. I mean, you got. To. But yeah, I don't I don't I I wouldn't want to see him as Spider Man. I don't want to see him as Spider Man. I definitely don't want to see him as Spider Man. But maybe maybe he shows up and there's like like he's the bartender or something. Yeah, I could see that. I think I think there's something to be done there. Something else I thought was cool, and this is just like the drinks that. General Ross are drink is drinking at the bar when Tony Stark shows up are Incredible Hulks. Oh, are they? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yes, he is drinking Incredible Hulks, which is like cognac and something else and hypnotic to make it green. Yeah, to make it green. Well, the hypnotic's blue; it mixes with the yellow and makes green. That's that's funny. Yeah, they are Incredible Hulks. And I was like, that's an awfully bright drink you got there, sir. Right. And I looked it up, and they were like, yeah, we intended it to be Incredible Hulks. We thought that would be a cool kind of thing. What I and it was what I didn't like about this movie. I know we've said a lot of things we didn't like about this movie. Back when we made our Iron Man episode, we quoted it a lot. There's no quote. And I think we have there's no dialogue. I think we have yet to quote it. And maybe that's like a symbolic gesture by the director who was like, Oh, the Hulk doesn't talk very much, so the whole movie will be silent. Read. Right. The only like the only quote I would think to or the only quotes I would think to mention were the ones that were supposed to be funny, like when he said, you know, you won't like me when I'm hungry or, or the, the stretchy I liked, pants. Uh, I like the Hulk smash thing. Yeah, funny. but like that's what's funny is like <laughs> Edward Norton doesn't even say that. Yeah, he doesn't even say that. Lou Ferrigno says that, and he he has he has still done the voices for all of the Hulk scenes, I believe, up through the the Mark Ruffalo Hulk. Yeah, because he said six words in this movie. Yep. So we'll, we'll we'll keep a running tally of every time the Hulk is in a movie, how many words does he say as the Hulk? So anyway. I want to know, do you have any other thoughts on like Easter eggs or anything like that? Like I, at one point I wrote, he makes 47 keystrokes to type the word home. I noticed that exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like clickety click, 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 click. And you look and it goes home. I'm like, it's a, okay. it's a four letter word. I like, I wanted to go into it and be like, this movie was great. It's excellent. You know, they've got this great character development and it's just very nuanced the way they took the dialogue out, but it's, it's not, it's just bad. It's not, yeah, it's just not made well. Um, There's so many plot holes. So, in the non-existent so, plot, and it's just... And there's a lot of guns being fired on school campuses. And I know you're like, Ty, you keep talking about that. But it's because it happened all the time. <laughs> it did. There was a <laughs> lot of shooting into civilians. But not a lot of civilians like, dying. I think they did. We just didn't see their bloody corpses all over the screen. <laughs> right. But, like, it is an incongruous <laughs> amount of things happening. So I want to know your overall take on this movie. If you, if you, if you, give, if you assign a breakfast dish to it. Or if you have some, like, so what is our scale, first, 1 to 10? Uh, no, it was, it, was, it was a breakfast dish that we assigned to it. I know there was a breakfast dish. I, I actually know what breakfast dish this movie gets. I do as well. But hang on a second. What was our, what was our villain scale? It was our villain Tommy, scale Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face to Heath Ledger's the, Ho- the Joker. I think this falls right at uh, the Abomination from the Hulk. Like, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would like, say that. Like, <laughs> right, like, I, would, I would call Blonsky, like, right in the middle. I would say the U.S. government, as as a villain, uh, reigns slightly right. above Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> right, it's like very, very. Confusing. In the, they they both had no motive. They both flip flopped like mad every time they needed to, and like. Uh, yeah, and they like yeah, they were just absolutely terrible. Um, the breakfast dish that this film. Yeah, give gets, me your breakfast dish. It's actually a breakfast dish very near and dear to my heart. And this particular version of it is incredibly disappointing. I don't know what the actual menu item is called. But it is whatever you need to order to get the country fried steak at Cracker Barrel. Because I know I love country fried steak. I know you can't mess up fried steak and gravy. Because it's like, how could you mess that up? Those are two two great delicious things. And I know that every time I order it, it's disappointing. And just 
like makes me sad like we're at cracker barrel the food should be good <laughs> it's just not and that is that is absolutely my my breakfast dish for this film i'm gonna i'm gonna give this a solid shrimp and grits whoa you take that back hang shrimp on and grits. hang on i'm gonna explain it i ever since i was born have felt a pressure to like grits it is i i grew up in the south i grew up in a place where there's grits all over the place like they're just falling out of people's eyes there's grits everywhere all the great restaurants where we're from have great grits recipes i hate grits oh my god you're so wrong i just i've tried i've tried so hard to like grits i feel compelled to like grits i want to like grits but i don't and it's the same way I felt about this movie. Like, it's part of the MCU. It's one of the stepping stones of the MCU. I'm supposed to like it. I like all of the other movies that I've seen in the MCU. Some of them are questionable, but, like, they're still, like, I watch it. And I'm like, yeah, this is all right. This one, I was miserable. I know. I, it couldn't end. It would not end. I was trying so hard to like it. I wanted to come into this podcast and be like, hey, I've got a great review for The Incredible Hulk. I wanted to love this movie. I wanted to find the gem that was hidden in there, but I couldn't. I, went, I did a lot of research on it. I read all of the trivia, all of the quotes, all of the goofs. I, I read the whole Wikipedia article for it, just trying to find something redeeming. You know what was redeeming about this film, and I'm just going to just drop this in real quick, is I think of all the Hulks there have ever been, including the one we have today, I like the way that this one looks the best. And I think the one we have today looks more like what it should look like, but I love the posture Mark, and the way right. that this Hulk Looks. Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is a little chubby, but that's what the Hulk's supposed right. To look but like, like this, this Hulk they designed to be like zero percent body fat. Just a, he just a made trained. A they, yeah, they they modeled him after like NFL linebackers and the way he moved. Yeah, I this is th- like that is my hidden gem in this. I one. would agree with that. And maybe that's your hidden gem in your shrimp and grits. Is that there's yeah, there's shrimp and, and like it wasn't. And if I know anything about Ethan, that Ethan loves some shrimp. I do. I do I've love seen some him scrimp. down like a lot of shrimp it's the only seafood i like you know i, I give it a shrimp and grits because like i get people like shrimp and grits but i don't like shrimp and grits or anything in grits like it doesn't have to be shrimp it can be anything in grits it can be cheesy grits it can be non-cheesy grits it can issue, be buttery grits i don't like a grit i don't even know what a grit is i think i think my issue with it's with what you're saying is that you think everybody else likes it and they don't no i'm just saying everybody else likes shrimp and grits like i don't know Maybe I'm wrong about the breakfast food, but that's just what it, it stood out to me is that thing that like I've tried to like. Well, that's why I say the country fried steak at Cracker Barrel because it's surrounded by things that I like, like Cracker Barrel and country fried steak, but it just isn't good. Oh, I love the country fried steak. I love country fried steak. It's like my favorite breakfast dish. I'm a big fan of bacon and eggs. Roll credits. How would you compare this movie to Iron Man, the only other movie we reviewed in the Marvel series so far? It doesn't. Like, the best acting in the whole movie is Tony Stark at the end of it, saying something completely out of character. <laughs> That's probably accurate. There was not a lot of great <laughs> acting in this movie. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Bacon and Eggs. As always, you can find us on Twitter. I am at AmeriCarlin. That's America, R-L-I-N. And I am at, wow now, w 0 w N zero W. The O's are zeros. That's yes, it's leet right speak. Leet it is one hundred percent because W O W N O W was taken. Hashtag one thousand three hundred thirty-seven. You can find us there, where we will always be open to suggestions or follows or whatever, whatever you want to do. Can, I have the same Instagram name as well as I believe Tyler does the same. I, well, I do. My Instagram name is not Wow Now. It is also <laughs> no, it's Carlin. also Mark Carlin. <laughs> 
And you um, can reach us you can, you can, at baconandeggsmedia at gmail.com. We are open to your emails. We would love to speak with all of you. Yes, we got some exciting things time. coming up, and we will be having some, some interactions and all that. Anyway, it's been lovely meeting you folks. I hope you sat through this movie, and I hope you're not mad at us for making you watch it. Thank you for listening to the sound of us complain about The Incredible Hulk. I, I promise you, we're not going to be like this for every movie. This one is just really bad. Really bad. A very unfortunate way for the whole MCU to start. But you got to start somewhere. And that is what we're doing with this podcast. Exactly. So we will see you in what I would guess is about 30 seconds in your time when we'll be taking on the next episode of Game of Thrones.